Welcome to the Pure Desire Podcast, where we partner with you to bring hope and freedom on your journey to purity. Hey there, I'm your host, Trevor Windsor, and we're so thankful you're taking time out of your day to hang out with us. I'm here with my co-host as always, Nick Stumbo. Oh, I slept great. I got a full 40 minutes. Christmas season is here. Elf, that's one of the greatest greatest christmas movies of all time honestly my favorite of all time it's uh one that we watch with our kids every year and truth be told the end always makes me cry so i know elf's not thought of as a deeply sentimental movie but <laughs> no, there's something sir. about the father connection at the end and he starts singing <laughs> and it's christmas and oh it's oh good my stuff gosh so uh this is my i'm a huge will ferrell fan but this is where uh and maybe some people would agree with me the cleaner a Will Ferrell movie is, the funnier I think it is. Where I think where he gets a little off base and gets a little wild and raunchy, that gets overwhelming very quickly. But that's why I love Elf. There's just a yeah. purity to it that is just brilliant. Yeah, he. I, you know, I don't know if you ever heard the backstory on it, but he almost didn't take that role because he thought it would be a terrible movie. And uh, <laughs> but he he embraced it, and man, that movie has made millions, so much money. Uh, if I had to pay for it, I would every year. So uh, look, as you can probably already tell, uh, you are in for another treat, listener. Today we don't have a guest; it is just us, me or and maybe Nick. I wish there was a guest. <laughs> maybe. Well, it's okay. We're not going to spend the next twenty-five to thirty-five minutes talking about Elf, though we probably could. Uh, today we are going to be spending time talking about some tips and some tactics regarding thought life. Uh, we find that the thought life of someone in recovery from sexual addiction is usually the most difficult battlefield and is usually the last thing, like the last straw as it will, uh, the last rung of the ladder. So we'll be giving some different practices today that can help when actively working on purity, uh, in our thought life. And so we're going to teach some of these, uh, that we talk about pretty often at our events and our conferences. So we're excited to share some of that with you today. Yeah, we do talk about this at the conference and usually we bring this up in the men's only Q and a time. So for some of the women that have been at these conferences and have wondered what we talk about, uh, this is one of those that we share that we, we go in a little deeper and answer follow-up questions with guys. But I think for everyone, the thought life is that part of us that it's just so deeply ingrained. And most of these things happen before we're even consciously aware that it's happening. And it can feel like, well, do these things even change? What do I do about it? But I really think when we practice some of these things routinely, um, we find that our natural thought process can begin to shift and become a real significant foundation for our long-term freedom. Definitely. Okay, well, let's jump into the first one. Uh, and we are going to have five with a couple of things here at the end. So we'll start with the first one. The first one is pick a different image. What do we mean by that? Yeah, I, I think this concept comes from a recognition that when we're battling the thought life, we need to have a moment of realization that I'm not actually battling what I'm seeing. I'm battling what my brain is telling me that I'm seeing based on my arousal template, the things that trigger me, the things that uniquely you know, start up that engine in my life. It's not actually what I'm seeing though. An example of that being, uh, I've noticed that when I'm out running on a trail or even the road that for about a mile off or half a mile, I can tell if someone walking or jogging towards me is a female, which is, is pretty amazing that just by that observation, you could see and assume someone is a certain gender. 
But what I noticed would happen in my addictive thinking is I would picture a female that matched what I found triggering or mm -hmm. someone that I found beautiful. And of course, that reality almost never happened. In fact, I can't think of a single time where someone that I maybe was picturing actually matched that reality. Mm -hmm. it's, it was usually uh, maybe someone that's a grandma or very yeah, different right. than the image popping into my mind. And so as I was moving into health and recovery, I made a decision to say anytime I see a, a jogger or a walker coming towards me, if I think they might be female, I'm going to pick a different image. Rather than allowing my brain to pick the image of someone that's triggering, mm -hmm. I'm going to tell my brain to think about someone that I know and care about. So my go-to uh, when I'm running is I imagine the person coming towards me as my mom or my sister. Now I know it's no way it's them because they live thousands of miles away and aren't right. walking uh, the streets in Portland or jogging here. Because that'd be weird if they yeah. were. <laughs> and really shocking. Uh, but on the other hand, that's as close to reality as what else pops into my mind. But when it's my mom I'm thinking about, I'm reminded to pray for her, to think about her as a human being. I'm reminded that I need to call her and catch up. And Or if it's my sister, I think about her situation in life and to pray for her kids and her family and her husband. And, and now I'm having a real prayer conversation about a real person and then whoever walks or jogs by it doesn't really matter because that's not the image I'm focusing on so I would encourage uh, everyone to just identify those places in life whether you're driving at the gym um, at a kid's soccer game at the mall wherever it is that you just recognize your brain starts to pick an image of someone triggering that uh, that's the kind of person that you're drawn to and don't feel like you're powerless over that pick an image of someone that you know and care about and begin to pray for them and that just changes that pattern that what pops right. in your mind isn't the triggering image it's people that you love and care about so i think that's a really really valuable tool to to change that automatic kind of mm -hmm. image that comes into our thinking well and i would just think you'd want to pick that image before you start your day don't wait till you're out on the run to pick that image make sure you have that image already locked and loaded ready to go and then for some of our listeners, you know, who like me don't like running like you do, uh, I think a couple other things like with that, if, if I know that I go to Starbucks and there are people who I'm attracted to when I'm standing in line or I tend to look, or if I'm going to the mall or if I'm going to the gym or if I'm going anywhere in your normal day to day that you know you've tend to maybe had some of those thoughts or mm -hmm. tend to catch yourself drifting in that thought life, that's the moments that you should use it. So it's don't just think of it when... Uh, when at random something could happen, like maybe I'm on a jog, but think of it throughout your day that if you have an image picked in the morning when you wake up, this is where I'm going to be. This is what I'm going to think. Then wherever you're at, you're going to have that locked and loaded, ready to go. Yeah. I've had a lot of guys tell me that one of those areas is just driving, that mm, they'll find their yeah, eyes trying sure. to see who's in cars around them. And yep. like, that's again, one of those, the reality you cannot uh, physically discern what someone looks like in that moment when they drive by, but <laughs> we right. pick up on a hair color or a feature and imagine mm -hmm. something that's not helpful. So that's one again, where, uh, maybe if it's a hair color, you realize, think of a friend that you really care about that has that hair color. And just anytime I see a blonde, I'm going to pray for them Yeah, and not get into that old habit of, well, who's that and who's there? Cause that's where our mind is going back down those old pathways. Definitely. Okay, so the uh, second practice we want to talk about in this podcast is this, to prepare for the minefields. What do we mean by that, Trevor? Um, so it, the minefield is one of my favorite images, uh, especially in this topic, because uh, I think it aptly describes the day-to-day, -day, especially in thought life. I think um, if I know spots or places 
that trip me up that are maybe, maybe it's not. Cause I think that some of us think of when you hear prepare, prepare for the minefields or prepare ahead of time, it's like, okay, well maybe I won't drive past that strip club or that adult store or something like that. But I'm thinking more of your day-to-day stuff. So on your drive to work, when you pick up coffee, when you come into the office, um, when you're picking up your kids from work, the places where maybe you've had that time where you've tripped up before or you've had a lustful thought or you've allowed your mind to kind of go to places you know that, that, that they shouldn't. I think that preparing for those and knowing and identifying those is so key because if you know it, then you're already aware of it going into it rather than when you get into the moment and you're like, oh shoot, I know I should have prepared, but I'm not. And there goes my thoughts. But if you're able to really put on the tool belt, if you will, before you start your day, before you get out on the road and into your day-to-day life, I think that that helps because it can be a minefield and you're going to step in stuff or you're going to see things that could really damage uh, your journey to freedom. Yeah. Well, and I think this is an area where our groups or maybe some accountability friends mm-hmm. can play a huge role that when we're meeting with our group and we're looking ahead at our week, if we know there's a place that's a problem to talk about it and even come up with our game plan then. So if we say, Hey, we're, you know, we're going to a hotel with the family and there's a swimming pool and we're going to have a great time with our kids, but there's a possibility there will be other triggering things there. And here's my approach. Here's what I'm planning to do. Then you're going into it guarded. Or maybe for a, a woman with her group, she recognizes when I go to my kid's soccer game, some of the other dads seem so much more attentive and caring than mm-hmm. my husband and we're in a bad place. And for that woman to say to her group, I'm going to have these fantasy thoughts about what would a different life look like. And here's what I'm going to do instead. Here's how I'm going to prepare myself. Because those thoughts for men and women really can become defeating quickly um, and it's fantasy, though. Mm-hmm. It's not real. We're, we're playing into the fake things, causing us to move away from where we want to be. And if we can recognize that ahead of time, like you were saying, we're going to be so much more prepared for that battle. Yeah. Okay, so that's the second. So we've done pick a different image, prepare for the minefield. And then the third one is practice breath prayers. That sounds a little spiritual, Nick. What are we talking about? <laughs> well, it is it is spiritual, but I think in a very doable way that, that just about anyone can incorporate into life. Um, And I take this from something I heard from Christian author and speaker Greg Boyd. Uh, He was saying once that there was a grocery store he went to in his town that every time he was there, he'd find himself being very, very critical and condescending of people he was seeing that weren't Mm -hmm. like him. And so he got into a habit that as soon as he pulled into that parking lot, he would begin repeating about every person he saw, insurpassable worth in Christ, insurpassable worth in Christ. Um, or unsurpassable. He, you know, he's a theologian. It's a he hard used, word. He used bigger words than <laughs> I ever would. So that was his example. Uh, but I look at that to say, I, I know there are places where I go that my mind is likely to drift that way. And so if I just get into this habit, when I see any human being of saying something like, um, that's a daughter of God, that's a son of God, that's mm-hmm. someone made in the image of God, um, or maybe a breath prayer like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Every time I see any person, whether I think they might trigger negative thoughts or yeah. not, that becomes my automatic response. And what I love about this is if we can allow um, seeing other people or possibly triggering images to become an excuse or a reason to pray mm-hmm. or a reason to quote scripture, that's going to not only put us in connection with God, but also if there's anything about the temptation that is fueled by um, the, an evil spirit or the enemy or the, you know, the, the evil in our world that's some sort of spiritual attack, well, that's going to drop off right away because the last thing the enemy wants to do is give us reminders to pray and quote scripture. So if anything tempting triggers prayer and scripture memory, you know, then it will reduce any kind of spiritual battle. And then we're just battling our own flesh, which is still a very serious battle. But 
instead of letting our mind just be this open space to let anything in, mm-hmm. we'd predetermine, here's the thoughts I'm going to pray or the vo- the verse I'm going to quote. And honestly, the simpler, the better. And so if unsurpassing is a long word, just pick something much simpler that you can say over and over to remind yourself, this is what I really want to focus my thoughts on. Well, this is a beautiful place too, where you can uh, you can start to counteract the way you've objectified other people because what pornography specifically does is it does it objectifies people as um, as as really being a vessel for my sexual uh, release or my sexual fantasies or whatever. And so I think that um, and I I know statistically that it causes men and women to objectify the opposite sex. And so this is a great way to uh, really start to see people for who they are and their identity. And so you can kind of reclaim that and uh, really change that tide of objectifying other people. Yeah. And the other thing, as we make it a spiritual practice, it reminds us that these thoughts do matter. I think that's something we can battle with is feeling like, uh, you know, I'm not going to go anywhere with this. I'm not going to go do something I shouldn't. It's just in my thoughts. What does it matter? But, you know, we know God's word tells us to take every thought captive to Christ. And so even that little thought that comes because I saw a commercial or something on TV that was triggering, if I just let it drift there, it has a way of creating a pathway versus if right away the thought is on scripture and on God, that's also a pathway. And it's taking those thoughts captive to Christ that over time will continue to renew my thoughts and transform my way of life. Yeah, for sure. All right, so we've got three now. Pick a different image, prepare for the minefields, practice breath prayers, and now the fourth practice is to call your group members. So Trevor, flesh out what is the role of a group in this thought life battle? Yeah, so obviously when you hear call your group members, it's pretty self-explanatory, but uh, I think that one of the things I've found a lot of success in is especially, and this for me, this one's tied a little bit to preparing for the minefield, and you, you mentioned it briefly too, the idea of if I know that um, certain things are going to go out through throughout my day, or I know there's, you know, like even recently in my life right now, there's been a tragedy that's happened, and I know that that can put me on edge. I need to proactively call my group members and say, hey, this is the kind of spot that I'm in. And I know that when, man, when I'm going through something difficult, it's easy for me to want to find any way to numb out, whether that's on my phone or whether that's you know, sitting at the mall and I'm one of the people who likes to people watch. And even in that, that can be really scary if I'm not focused and attentive on what, what my mind's doing and where I'm going. And so this is where including other people is really, really important because, uh, I'm telling them about what's going on. And what I found is that when, how I'm feeling, the things I'm struggling with, uh, maybe the areas or pockets where I know that I've been struggling recently, when I start to voice those and get them out in the open, what I found is they actually have less power over me because they're not in the dark anymore. They can't fester and grow. And so being able to bring some things out into the light, being able to include other people in their perspective, I'm inviting them into my process, inviting them in to help me, but then also exposing uh, exposing the bad thoughts, the negative things that I'm thinking or the things that I'm going through, I'm, I'm able to take away the power when I invite other people into it. Yeah, I had an example of this a couple of years ago where I had uh, pulled into a shopping mall parking lot. I was there to get my wife a Christmas gift, a very legitimate... Um, it was a very legitimate opportunity or because you're a great, you're word. a great husband. You're That's a great right. husband. I'm a yes. great husband. <laughs> so I was there for the right reasons, but I realized as I was parking that all these old thoughts were kind of creeping in because mm. a shopping mall can have a lot of uh, triggering places and, and the feeling of anonymity. Cause I was in a larger city and didn't, I was there by myself. And so before I got out of the car, I just called a group member and they weren't even able to answer. So I left a message and I simply said, Hey, I'm here at the mall. I'm running into this store looking for this gift for my wife. 
and then I'm going to come back out and I want you to uh, ask me when we meet mm-hmm. at group next week uh, how I did with that. And I hung up. You know, it was maybe a 20-second message, but I noticed the power of those old thoughts and feelings had just totally disappeared. Now, that doesn't mean I was immune all of a sudden, but it, it totally changed how I felt walking to the mall. And I went in and found the gift and bought it and walked out, and there was there was no struggle. But had I not done that, then those feelings and ideas, they just keep growing and they gain more power. So just like you said, making that decision, and even if it means just leaving a message to say, hey, here's what's going on. I'm yeah. walking into the airport. I'm heading into work. I'm going into the gym. And I can feel these uh, maybe we're a little tired that day, or as you said, there's been a tragedy in our life where we just know we're a little more emotionally vulnerable just to connect with someone and leave a message to say, this is where I'm going. This is why, and I'm going to do my best to guard my thoughts. And would you ask me how I did? It can totally change the power of that situation. Well, you're never going to regret involving other people in your Absolutely. process. You're never going to. Okay. So we've had four now, pick a different image, prepare for the minefield, practice breath prayers, calling your group members. And now this one, and this is the fifth one. And I really like this one. This is one of my favorites that you get to talk about when we go and do these conferences. The fifth practice is to envision the full reality. What do we mean? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's one of those things I like to ask and say, what is it that makes a fantasy a fantasy? And uh, sometimes we think, well, it's a fantasy because it hasn't happened. And the answer is no, it's a fantasy because it's not real. Mm -hmm. We're actually picturing a situation that is not going to go the way we think it's going to go. And so if we want to picture reality, reality is our friend. What we can do is take those fantasies and don't stop them. And what I mean is picture the full reality of what could and likely would happen if we made that choice. So as an example, I had a group member once that told me one of their fantasies while driving is that they'd picture, they'd see a beautiful woman, she'd notice them, they'd pull over, they'd have this, you know, quick fling and, and they just would battle this Mm -hmm. imagery. Well, I, I say to that example, well, keep it going. Imagine after it ends, what next? Now there's incredible guilt and shame. There's likely a moment of having to share that with your spouse. That could lead to divorce. That could lead to walking into your kid's room and explaining why dad has to move out of the house. Um, If you chose to continue in it and get married, now you're going to have two mother-in-laws, both of whom hate you because you've left the one to be with the other. So just keep picturing what would really happen if, if that Uh, occurred because we only imagine and our brain is actually working against us in this scenario we only imagine what feels good but we know there's always more to the story Mm -hmm. so invite some reality and invite the reality of this person that maybe i'm triggered by they're a real person that has problems and flaws and they're high maintenance and they've got issues they haven't dealt with and um all those kind of things that then we go oh that that's not really worth it because the the kind of maybe the fling we imagine or that more, it's not even going to be what we think it is. Right. And if we can just keep inviting truth and reality and saying, what would really happen to my life? Would I sell my life for the bowl of soup? To use the Old Testament analogy of, of Jacob and Esau. Yeah, maybe the soup would taste great, but what would I be sacrificing? Mm-hmm. And to keep coming back to that full picture of what I would be sacrificing, that's sobering. And yeah. it can make us say, I really don't want that as much as I think I do because I'd rather have... Uh, these good gifts that are in my life and not sacrifice them mm-hmm. for something that really isn't real. It it just is almost comical. Even as you're talking about that, you're talking about seeing someone pulling over together, hooking up and then bailing. That's not even stuff you'd see on like the worst comedy, like romantic comedy scripts ever. Yeah. Like you would see that in a movie and be like, that is, that's so dumb. That that's, but that's what our minds do to right. us, right? We like, write, oh, this yes. could happen. Like yes, to just confront it with, 
that's not real. <laughs> right. So what I would encourage though, is that in that, cause there are times where I've practiced this and have just laughed at myself, like really, come on, that's ridiculous. But in that, I think that very easily can shift into shame where it's like, wow, I can't believe I thought that. I can't believe that, that that's really where my head went is to just make sure that shame is not a part of it, that you're able to reclaim that, uh, that thought and really envision the full reality. What you're doing is you're moving back towards health. You're not moving deeper and darker down. You're actually making that step intentionally to go in the right direction. So don't allow shame to cloud that. Yeah. It makes me think of what one of our guests, Ben Bennett said on this podcast a while ago that. Um, we're trying to meet a legitimate need Mm -hmm. in an illegitimate way. And I think fantasy and the thought life really is that avenue to recognize that what I'm feeling and what I'm maybe being triggered by, the need underneath it is legitimate. Maybe what I'm needing is connection. I'm needing a sense of joy in my life. I'm needing a sense of belonging or a value. There's all kinds of things that in a healthy way we were made for. Mm -hmm. And if I can see the need underneath the 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 draw or the trigger, then I think I can be more equipped to deal with it and go, Oh, I, I don't need fantasy. I don't need this crazy thought in my mind. I actually need to just go call a friend. I need to go spend some time with my spouse. I need to hang out with my kids. Cause I just need quality time that can move us then in the right direction. Absolutely. So uh, Trevor, all, all these ideas are, I think very practical. They're very doable, but they're maybe different than what some of our listeners expected. Because when it comes to thought life, some of the the classic Christian teaching, if you will, is divert your eyes. That that's been what we've trained. Uh, you know, Stephen Atterburn's book, Every Man's Battle, is some one that most of us have read and I think has some valuable tools, but that's kind of what's presented with the thought life right. is just divert your eyes. So why didn't we make that one of our five? And then as a follow-up to that, are, are there behaviors? Are mm-hmm. there physical activities? Because everything we talked about was more mental. So are there other physical activities we should consider engaging in to change our thought life? Look, every guy who's tried to stay pure has bounced his eyes before. Like that's, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that that as a practice um, is one that I would encourage people. I mean, if that's helpful, definitely do it. But I think that what you'll see is that that is just more of a behavior modification where we're trying to get at the root of what's really going on in so many ways. And that's one of the unique things about Pure Desire and what we offer is that we're actually trying to get to the core of the issues and what's happening so I, I don't, I'm, I'm not saying that diverting your eyes or bouncing your eyes isn't, uh, isn't helpful. It definitely can be, but that is kind of an in the moment type of thing where if in the moment you're triggered, you just, you immediately think that, uh, or try to bounce your eyes where these other ones can be something that you've already planned in advanced that when that moment comes, you already have a plan and it's something that's moving you directly and immediately into health. Um, now, as far as other physical actions or behaviors, um, this is, a, this is an area I've struggled with recently um, in the last year because I've started taking some steps that um, I think are pretty extreme and I don't like to be viewed as like the extreme Christian or the guy who has to, you know, never use a laptop again or not have a smartphone. But what I've found is that, and, and the two things I'm, I'm referencing right now are getting off of two social media apps and that's Instagram and Twitter for me. Every time I'd go there, even if I didn't spend time looking at something that was bad, what I'd find is that I would just be wasting time. I would be isolating. I'd be finding myself uh, going just further and further and further in just numbing out. And so what I found is that those can trip me up and have tripped me up. And so I decided to do whatever is necessary in order to maintain freedom and integrity. And so for me, uh, what the principle behind that is this, do whatever it takes to stay free, do whatever it takes in order to stay in sexual integrity, to stay in freedom and ultimately stay in community. Um, one of the, my favorite things that has been said on the podcast before is the opposite of addiction is, is connection. 
It's not stopping the behavior. It's, it's connecting with other people. And so I think that, um, man, I've just heard so many stories and I've thought through this a lot in my life. I just, I don't think that you'll ever regret doing what it takes to be free, but you'll always regret that you didn't do enough in order to really maintain that sobriety or that freedom. Yeah, I think what you're describing there, Trevor, is practicing wisdom when it comes to our own life. That if I recognize there's an area that's just consistently triggering, it's it's a challenge to my thought life, and if there's a way I can change my patterns to avoid that, then it's, it is a physical action right. we should take. So, for example, if, if it takes us two minutes longer to drive to work, but we avoid driving through an area of town or even past a store or a billboard that creates a lot of thought life issues, mm-hmm. take two more minutes to drive right. to work. Or maybe yeah. it's that online shopping is a form of trigger. And is it going to be more work to have to physically walk into stores? And Well, yeah, but if, if that's better for you and your thought life, then it's worth it. And so it's just looking at my life as a whole to say, where are the places I am most susceptible that my thought life just doesn't go to healthy places? Uh-huh. And, and what could I do to replace them with healthier behaviors? So yes, we practice those things. But I, I think back to the heart of the question about diverting the eyes. The issue there is diverting your eyes or avoiding something doesn't really change the heart. And so, yeah, we, we want to avoid triggering things, but also realize we live in a world we're going to see triggering things. We're going to have things come into our thoughts because we're human beings. And like you said, we don't need to beat ourselves up and shame ourselves. Um, and so we do want to try to avoid as much as we can, but not bank on that avoidance is what's going to keep me free. Right. It's actually changing those thought patterns, transforming our thought life towards health. And that's why I think we focused on the five patterns we did is because we feel at Pure Desire that those have more power to actually transform our thinking, not just try to avoid evil. So it's kind of a both and. Yes, we should avoid triggering things when possible, For sure. but we should also Look at how do we transform our thinking? Well, I mean, if we're to even envision that full reality, like what are you going to do anytime one of your friends has a beautiful spouse, you're just going to avoid them and not be friends with them? Or you can't go to this church because there are pretty people there? Yeah, or can be a pretty <laughs> difficult thing to maintain. Like, look, there are just so many things that are going on. And so you have to really do the work in order to figure out what it is going on, what's at the core, and how to address that. Because uh, like, I, I think I... It was kind of one of those moments where something just kind of sporadically came out of my mouth. I know if you know me, that's not surprising. However, it was at an event. And one of the things that just came to me was that pretty people aren't going away. Um, people who wear inappropriate clothing are not going away. The culture that we live in, it's just getting worse. It's not going to stop. And so it's not the idea of how to avoid all that stuff. It's how to change my heart and change the way that I view the, the world and approach my life. And then in that, making wise decisions on what to avoid and what to move forward from or to um, to really make sure isn't a part of your life. So I think that, uh, please just hear me, it doesn't mean that you need to drop all of your pretty you know, friends or all the people that <laughs> potentially may have triggered you or have had a thought about. That's not about it. It's about changing your heart, not necessarily changing the exteriors. Okay, so let's end uh, the episode with this. Uh, so we've had a couple episodes where we're giving tips and we're giving uh, tactics on how to do things. And I think that a, a major question we have is how often should we do these? We've given these people five things. How often should these practices be a part of our life? Is it just in the moment when we're tempted? Does it have to be before? When do we put these into practice? Yeah, I think what we really want to look at here is just saying, how can I incorporate these into my daily life? How can I proactively be putting my mind on healthy things. I mean, back to my 
illustration of running, if I wait until I do know that someone coming towards me is attractive, I'm, I'm really waiting too long. But if on the other hand, I just get into a habit of anytime I see anyone coming towards me, man or woman, I use as an opportunity to picture it's my mom and pray for her, picture it's my brother and pray for him. Well, that's a healthy habit that's gonna guard me against all kinds of unwanted thoughts. And so if, if someone is feeling maybe a little bit um, overwhelmed, where do I start? How do I jump in? It makes me think of what we talked about in the last podcast on the ways to renew your mind. And it, it did seem like a lot. And Heather's advice to us to pick one, pick the one that's a great place to start and just begin to implement it. And, and so I think when it comes to our thought life to look through this and say, what could I develop just as my, you know, my breath prayer? What could be that phrase or thing that this week I just practice as much as I remember it to say that. And if that's your one thing for this week, that's going to begin to shape and change your thoughts. If it's looking at, you know, that picking a different image, that could be the one thing you're working on this week and do it the whole time. If it's driving, do it the whole time you're driving, not just if you think you've seen someone beautiful, uh, because that creates a whole different environment in those places. And over time, that will just become our natural setting. I really believe that's possible, that just as maybe lustful thinking became our natural setting because in our fallenness, we just never confronted it. If we routinely confront that and, and choose to go in a different direction, our brain will relearn and readjust. And then naturally our drive becomes a time of prayer and without having to really think through it. So that's the goal here isn't just avoiding the sin or avoiding the behavior. It's really transforming the way we do life. And I think if we incorporate these um, just into our routines, we'll really find that that can happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that these things should always be part of our, our daily lives. Um, and, and don't, like you're saying, don't try to do all five at the same time. Uh, that could be kind of confusing and difficult. Uh, I, I mean, I would need a nap after trying to do all five at the same time. But I think that um, just a, a, an image, a visual that's been coming to me more often um, is just the idea of how do you prepare yourself for battle? And, and you don't put on your armor when you're in the middle of the field. You put your armor on before you go out to battle. And so mm -hmm. it's the same thing. It's all about this. Uh, this preparation and this intentional proactive stuff that we're doing because habits don't just become habits. They become habits because of consistency. And so it's the matter of, of being consistent in our proactive nature. And this stuff I think is, is just major, major for sure. Uh, so look, this stuff has been awesome. I think this is stuff that I know uh, you work on still. I work on still. It's, it's stuff that we really need. And if you're a listener out there and maybe you have other suggestions, we'd love for you to email those into us. Tell us what works and, and what's been helping you. And, and just know that the thought life is not a place where you should feel shame. A thought life is to just consistently be aggressive and go on the offensive and try to be proactive in how we change the way that we think. So Nick, thanks so much for your time, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, great to be here. And thank you for listening to the Pure Desire podcast. If you like what you're hearing and want to keep up with the podcast, please subscribe. You can also rate and review our podcast and let us know how we're doing. For more information, check out our website, puredesire.org. And you can follow us on social media at puredesirepdmi. Once again, that's at puredesirepdmi. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Pure Desire podcast. For more information, check out our website, www.puredesire.org. Check in each week for new content on the podcast. And we pray that it will help you find hope and freedom on your journey to purity.